a favorite primary hymn of mine, primary song, is The Still Small Voice. That song is shortened to the point, saying, through a still small voice, the Spirit speaks to me to guide me, to save me from the evil I may see. If I try to do what's right, it will lead me through the night, direct me, protect me, and give my soul his light. Listen, listen, the Holy Ghost will whisper. Listen, listen to the still small voice. And I'm fortunate and blessed to be the parent of five children. And that gives me a very unique perspective into the complex and sometimes frustrating world of trying to get kids to listen to their parents. Parents trying to communicate with children is an age-old struggle, right? And a test of wills. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. Parents um, send out all kinds of messages to us. And we just hope as parents that our, that our children will hear and, and follow what we ask them to do. We say things like, um, be good at the party, right? We hope that happens. Remember who you are and what you stand for. Probably heard that too. How about, uh, don't touch that, it's, it's hot. Or my favorite one, don't put that in your mouth, okay? These are all messages that I'm sure we've heard before. And I want you to go with me and I want you to think in your mind the following scenario, okay? Think back to when you were in high school. For some of us, that's a long time ago, but for some of you, that may have only been a couple of years ago or maybe even last year, depending on who's out here. But I want you to think back, you're, you're done with school, you just got home and you want just a little bit of downtime. You want time to get something to eat uh, from the fridge. Maybe some screen time for you younger ones. Some time with your favorite app or maybe binge watch a little Netflix, right? We all kind of want to do that after we get home from school. We're just settling down when we hear something and someone calling from the other room. It's mom or dad, usually. Don't forget to have your homework done before young men, young women's tonight. That's when you were in high school, remember? Or remember you said you'd take the garbage cans out. Or please mow the lawn, it's getting really long. Right, we've all heard this. Um, the one that's told in, in our home has been, uh, please help me fold the clothes out of the dryer. There's a lot of clothes with five kids. All right. So we hear those messages, but what usually happens? They become background noise. Just things that we, we hear. We usually respond with some sort of, okay, just a minute. And then we go right back into uh, whatever it was we were doing before, floating on that sea of images from our screens and uh, maybe some music that's going through our head. Well, I want to come back to that scenario every once in a while here during my talk, but I want to talk today about listening and acting on those promptings that we get from our Heavenly Father. We receive them every day, I'm sure. 
And I want to talk about the three things we can do to not only get better at hearing, but acting on those promptings that we receive. So I want to bring up a slide just so you can see the three things I want to talk about. I want to spend some time talking about how to get to know our Heavenly Father's voice. I want to talk about how we ask for help in strengthening our spiritual hearing muscles. And third, how to actively listen and answer when he calls every time. Okay? So let's talk about step one, get to know his voice. Well, the first part of learning to act on any prompting or to obey to a voice is to get to know who it is that is talking to us in the first place. And we recognize our parents' voices, right? We, we know what that sounds like. Well, we need to learn to recognize our Heavenly Father's voice. There are a lot of voices that are competing for our attention today. Subtle, persuasive, persistent voices that we find in music and movies and online and video, all kinds of different things compete for our attention. It can be hard to filter out those good voices from the bad ones. So there is a favorite scripture of mine that's found in uh, 1 Kings, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the, uh, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Okay, a still, small voice. That is what our Heavenly Father's voice sounds like. The Book of Mormon gave a great example of that as well in 3 Nephi when the following happened, and let me quote this scripture. They heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, it did pierce uh, them to, uh, that did hear it to the center, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. Yea, it did pierce them to the very soul and did cause their hearts to burn. And again, the third time, so think of it as your parents calling the third time, they did hear the voice and open their ears to hear it. And their eyes were toward the sound thereof, and they did look steadfastly towards heaven from whence the voice and the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard. And it said unto them, Behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name. Hear ye him. Okay, it's a still small voice that comes and we feel it. Elder Bednar of the Quorum of Twelve Apostles gave a great lesson on how to know our Heavenly Father's voice. And he said, and I quote, Get to know his voice through the scriptures, writing down the promptings these scriptures, in essence, are a written recording of the voice of the Lord, a voice we feel in our hearts more than we hear with our ears. And as we study the content, we feel 
the words that are given to us by the Holy Ghost. And he continues to explain that in Doctrine and Covenants, the words are not of men or of man, but of me. Wherefore you shall testify they are of me and not a, of man. For it is my voice which speaketh them unto you. For they are given by my spirit unto you, and by my power you can read them one to another. And save it were by the power, by my power, you could not have them. Wherefore, you can testify that you have heard my voice and know my words. So if we read the scriptures, we get a chance to actually know our Heavenly Father's words and his voice. Okay, first of all, we get to know our Heavenly Father's voice by spending time in the scriptures and getting to know what that sounds like. Well, second, we need to ask for some help so that we get better at hearing that voice. Now, I know there's probably a couple of medical assisting students in the audience, and you're probably going, there is no such muscle as the spiritual hearing muscle, Brother Russell. But I do think it exists. So what would happen if we asked specifically for some help in spiritual hearing? What would happen? Well, just like exercising our physical muscles to get stronger, our spiritual muscles can get stronger as we exercise them. Now, sometimes we need a trainer or a coach, uh, someone to get us motivated and help us make these improvements. Sometimes that, that coach can be um, trusted family and friends, but the best coach is our Heavenly Father. We'll also need to have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost in order to be successful in growing our spiritual muscles. Now, our Heavenly Coach will want to make sure that we're ready and prepared for the exercise program that He has set for us, if we're ready to go and ask for the help. We will need to begin by living worthily. Worthiness invites the constant companionship of the Spirit. If we're struggling to stay worthy, we need to keep trying. If we're not worthy now, we need to repent and ask for help. It's getting ourselves ready to receive that spiritual help. A loving Father and a Savior are always there to help us get on track if we are struggling with this. And of course, continue to repent so that you can keep the Spirit with you. For those of you who are endowed, go to the temple and keep your covenants. And if you're living worthily, then there will be some specific things that you will recognize that help you know that the Spirit is with you. In uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians, he kind of outlined some real specific things that you'll recognize when the Spirit is present. He says you will feel love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. If those things are present, then you know that the Spirit is present. Okay, now you're prepared. Just like a good warm-up for physical exercise, you need sometimes a demonstration to see how the exercise is to be done. So one way to do that is to immerse ourselves in the Scriptures and see what listening to and acting on spiritual promptings looks like. 
Gordon Lim gave a BYU devotional back in 2013, and there's one piece that he said that I thought was great. He said, spiritual immersion provides us with a unique insight into how others have received and responded to the promptings of the Spirit. Okay, so let's go there and let's see those great demonstrations of how people listen to and respond to hearing the Spirit. Elder Bednar continues in his talk um, how to, uh, to demonstrate how the scriptures can help us exercise and strengthen that spiritual hearing muscle. He said, how important it is for each of us to return repeatedly to the Holy Scriptures and thereby gain experience and confidence in hearing and feeling His voice. As we regularly study the Holy Scriptures, behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things which you should do. Hearing and feeling the voice of the Lord and knowing His words are essential. Okay. The next exercise in strengthening that spiritual hearing muscle is prayer. Sincere prayer invites the constant companionship of the Spirit. Now remember that prayer needs to be specific and include listening to our Heavenly Father. There's a great quote from President Gordon B. Hinckley as he observed that the trouble with most of our prayers is that we give them as if we're picking up the telephone and ordering groceries. We place our order and hang up. We need to meditate, contemplate, and think of what we're praying about and for, and then speak to the Lord as one man speaketh to another. So, don't miss out on the conversation. Many times the promptings and instructions that we need come as we pray. Be ready to listen and maybe be ready to write down some things that come during your prayer so you don't forget them. Be as specific as you can. Let Heavenly Father know where you struggle and where you need help. Maybe it's something as simple as, I'm struggling to know how to best connect with my, my um, ministering family. Please help me recognize thy voice and help me act on these promptings. Because the Savior promised us Ask and ye shall receive, and knock and it shall be open, right? So we need to ask and be specific in what we want to do. Now that we have learned to know His voice and have asked for help in strengthening our spiritual hearing muscle, it's time to do the next thing, to actively listen and answer every time He calls. Every time. Okay. Now, this is probably the biggest challenge. A lot of us are familiar with our Heavenly Father's voice. We're, we know what we should do, but we sometimes respond most frequently with, okay, just a minute, and that's not what we should do. Um, but one of the things that if we are listening and reading in the scriptures, we've probably seen many examples of those that have listened to and followed our Heavenly Father's voice. But we've also seen examples of those that didn't. How about the story of Jonah? Now, he was familiar with Heavenly Father's voice. He tried to avoid the Lord's command. And what happened? He got swallowed. And eventually, uh, that kind of got him into uh, obeying. How about Laman and Lemuel? They were really good at hearing 
but not obeying, okay? How about Alma the Younger? It took some shaking to get him to listen and hear and finally act on, on what he should do. Okay, let's all go back to that scenario in high school. We've heard the voices. We've responded with, okay, just a minute. And at some point, we wake up or we get up and we go back out into the other room. And what more often than not do we find? Well, we find mom folding the clothes by herself or dad out mowing the lawn, right? What would our lives be like if we paid a little bit more attention to those reminders and requests from our parents? Would we just stay frustrated because they wanted us to do something we didn't really want to do? Or would we have some greater benefits? Would we be able to enjoy an activity more because we got our homework done? Or would we be able to just feel that great gratitude that comes from a parent that really needs our help? What we want is to be like Nephi, where his whole mantra was, I will go and do, right? He will hear, he will understand, and it's time for him to go and do. He knew the Lord's voice, and he answered every time, because he knew that the Lord giveth no commandment unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way, right? He knew that, and we need to gain that testimony as well. Remember that it says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And what's the last thing? They don't just listen, and they follow me. There's a wooden plaque that I hung up in my bishop's office when I was a bishop that said, yes, I will. It has very special meaning to me, and for lots and lots of reasons, and I'd like to share why that ended up on my wall, if that's okay. Six years ago, when I was called to be a bishop, um, I went through some very interesting things when that call comes. And if you've received a, um, that kind of a call, it's very interesting. A lot of emotions and self-reflection happen really quickly. First is complete shock. More of a, you've got to be kidding. You really want me to be the bishop. Then it kind of goes into, uh, no, you're joking because you wouldn't really want me because I'm just me. Why would, you, why would you need me? Then comes feelings of utter terror and self-doubt. How can I be the bishop? Well, more and more emotions um, and thoughts run through your head and they ran through my head and I spent a very sleepless night praying to my Heavenly Father and wanting to know why He wanted me. And I remember distinctly asking Him and hearing His voice in the middle of the night, just as distinctly as a parent talks to a child, saying, Todd, I need you. And I need you now, not later, not when it's more convenient, not when you think you'll be more worthy or knowledgeable or whatever you are concerned about. I need you now. Will you do this for me? And I remember answering somehow, yes, I will. Those thoughts and emotions echoed in my head for not only the night and the next day, but probably they still echo today. 
Um, I knew I was being taught a very valuable lesson. I was being taught and still continue to be taught today not only how to listen, but how to act on the request from my Heavenly Father through the Spirit. I want to go back to that scenario for the very last time. How many of you have been in your room and instead of coming out to see something happen that you should have been doing, how about you're in your room and a knock comes on the door? And the door opens and a loving but semi-frustrated parent comes in the room and then responds instead of, would you please go do that? More with a, I need you to do this now. Now I'm paraphrasing, sometimes parents use other words, right? But that's really what they want. I need this from you. I wanna tell you one more story about a tough lesson that I learned as a bishop. I'm hoping that these stories help others so you don't have to go through the exact same thing. One of my roles as bishop that was assigned to me by my stake president was to be the transient bishop. Now, when I've mentioned this to other people, they go, what? It doesn't mean that I would be the homeless bishop in the ward. It means that I would look after those who passed through our stake boundaries in need of assistance. We live very close to one of the track stations in Sandy, and many homeless people travel on the train for a lot of different reasons, but especially in the wintertime to keep warm. I received a voicemail from a young mother who was in this situation. She needed to get to Idaho with her young daughter and needed help for the night. I was late for a family dinner, and I left my bishop's office and I told myself, oh, I'll call her back after the dinner's done. I need to spend time with my family. I had not even got a whole block from my office when the voices started. Voices from the other room softly began, Todd, she needs help. Will you help her? Then it got a bit louder the further away I went. You are the bishop assigned to help in these situations. Will you help them? And then as if the door was kicked wide open in my room, a louder voice said, you are my hands. You promised you would do what I asked of you. Will you help them now? I stopped. I turned my car around. And I went back to my office feeling pretty, pretty uh, kicked, um, but realizing the promise that I had made. I called her back. I assessed the situation, and yes, I could help. And I knew right then some very valuable lessons. I learned how much our Heavenly Father cares about every single one of His children no matter what their situation, no matter where they are, no matter what is happening in their life. I also learned that he's always speaking to us through the Spirit. Sometimes he increases the volume so that we can hear. Now, from that moment on, I tried to follow every prompting that came my way. Sometimes the results, I didn't really see the results at all but I tried to follow. Sometimes the results were super obvious and were very amazing to see. Now, 
I know that that's a difficult challenge for all of us. I'm still learning to follow those promptings, and I'm challenged every day to do that. So I challenge each of us in this room, each of you, to act on every prompting that comes your way, no matter how inconvenient, no matter how strange it may seem. If we practice answering the call every time, we will become better listeners, better followers, better servants. I challenge you to try it for a week, for one week, and then see what happens. Keep track of your experiences and review them and see what happens. To quote Elder Bednar one last time, he said, The Savior taught, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Thus, hearing his voice proceeds properly following him. For mine elect hear my voice and harden not their hearts. Truly, we can receive instruction from him and follow him. If we will get to know his voice by reading the scriptures, asking for help to grow our spiritual hearing muscles, and then actively listening and answering the call every time he calls, then we will grow closer to our Heavenly Father and our Savior. We will be his hands here on this earth, and we will be guided and protected in our daily endeavors. I know this to be true, and I testify of this, and do so in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.